Oh, hey there. Can we just have a quick chat about all the stuff that's been going on in the UFC and MMA over the last week or so? Obviously, I played some terrible bets on the last fight card that was on. There wasn't one on last weekend, which I forgot. I thought it was on last weekend, so I went to put some bets on it. It's a whole thing. Either way, uh, yeah, it was uh, Ben Rothwell, the heavyweights. Ben Rothwell was back in there. You had the main event, uh, Cody Garbrandt against Rob Font. Uh, so I put some terrible bets on there. There's been loads happening in the new in the world of kind of combat sports and MMA. So I'm going to go into all of that. I'm going to give you my take on it. It's usually got a little bit of a laugh in there as well. So do me a favor. If you're watching this, just like and subscribe for me. And that's all I'll ask you to do because it helps me out massively. And I hope you enjoy. So let's just get started with Big Ben Rothwell, right? I'm a huge fan of this dude. Uh, I had a bet on Big Ben Rothwell to get into the win column. It wasn't exactly fucking Nostradamus over here, like they're just stipulating that Ben Rothwell would win because he's fighting a guy. That, it was it was the other dude's UFC debut. There wasn't really a lot of information on him. Uh, he was you know, a Taekwondo. Well, he, he trained at a place called like Bennett uh, Barnett's Taekwondo School. So you know. Again, using my powers of deduction, I thought, yeah, probably a Taekwondo guy. Turns out he was, right? And he's this, basically, he's this big fat guy who just, who just, who's just surprisingly agile. He was actually, you know, but the problem is you need more than just a, a Superman punch over and over again to, and a check left hook to try and beat Ben Rothwell. Ben Rothwell is a savvy enough fighter to kind of get wise to that, and he did. And yeah, he beat the fuck out of him. He really, I mean, at a certain point, I was just like, how is like Barnett still standing at this point? It was ridiculous. Now, I was a moron because, well, no, you know what? I still stand by my bet. Like, but... <laughs> Ben Rothwell should have knocked the dude out, but he ended up getting the submission instead. Now, I knew that Rothwell had submission skills, but, I mean, I, watch that fight, right? There are some points where it's like the referee surely's got to step in here because it's like Rothwell was just teeing off on him and there was nothing coming back. He was just taking kind of, it was just like, Ugh, just, you know, it wasn't like over and over, but there was just, you could tell there was no way that guy was getting in that fight. And then, yeah, it went to the floor and yeah, Rothwell got, got a really great choke, which fucked my bet up because I had the knockout. Because, uh, yeah, fucking pissed. But yeah, either way, um, like I said, you know, no disrespect to Barnett. Obviously, he needs to kind of do a little bit of work because you need to bring a little bit more to the table to beat guys of the calibre of Ben Rothwell. But big respect to him because he came in, you know, for his first fight in the UFC to fight someone like Ben Rothwell. Ben Rothwell's legit, man. And yeah, for him to come in and fight him straight away. And he went down swinging. So hats off to both men. And Who's next for Ben Rothwell, I hear you ask? Well, I think that probably Vandera is probably going to be next. He, he's going to be... Uh, the, it was another fight on that card uh, that I'll be going into next. Uh, he actually called him out, and um, I saw that on the Believe You Me podcast. I, th I think that makes sense. Uh, it, ben Rothwell said they haven't made the fight yet, but he does take call-outs personally. You know, he's, I think he was having a bit of fun, but he was just he was like, yeah, no, he was a really nice guy. We had a nice chat beforehand, but obviously he called me out, and I take that shit personally. So, you know what I mean? Ben Rothwell's a scary dude, man. Like, Jesus. But yeah, anyway. So I also had uh, Justin Tapper versus Jared Vandara. This one was a slightly better bet. This was, this was my pick of the week, I think. Um, just because Vandera was coming in as an underdog against uh, Justin Taffer. Now, don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed Justin Taffer's work because he's a heavyweights man. Like uh, Justin Taffer is thicker than a Snickers. He's only about five foot five. No, he's, he's taller than that, but he's short. He's short and stocky. Um, my point is... 
He, like, now, this was a great fight, by the way. If you haven't watched this fight, go back and watch Justin Taffer versus Jared Vendera, right? Because it was an absolute barn burner. It was blood everywhere. It was exactly what you want for an MMA fight. Blood everywhere. Sloppy punches being thrown. Wonderful stuff. And uh, yeah, and also, yeah, obviously I had the bet on Vandera just because no disrespect to Justin Taffer, but he is perfectly beatable. Now that fight could have gone either way, really. But when, when a fight can go either way like that and you've got one guy coming in as a sizable underdog, you've got to take it, which I did. So I was happy. Boom. Not terrible bet. Uh, so yeah, Vandera, he, he, as I mentioned previously, he has called out uh, Ben Rothwell. I think Ben Rothwell fustigate him, but... It's the fight to make because, you know, Ben Rothwell needs to get a, a little cheeky win streak going. And, uh, yeah, it, it won't be too many wins before Ben Rothwell is back in the conversation again. I would love to see Ben Rothwell uh, go all the way to the title. But also, like, adversely, um, he's a big feather in Vendera's cap. So that is the fight to make. Jared Vendera versus Ben Rothwell. Make that fight happen. We also had uh, uh, Jack Hermanson taking on Edmund Shabazian. Now, I bought into the hype. Well, I didn't at first, right? Against Brunson, I bet on Brunson. Brunson, believe it or not, against Shabazian was came in as an underdog. And I was like, that is fucking insane. That is mental. Shabazian's not that good yet. And I was right because, um, yeah, because Brunson, Brunson won that fight. Uh, you know, relatively comfortably. Now, I thought Shabazin would look a lot better against Hermanson because I just thought in the stand-up he would be better technically. And what, uh, to a certain extent, I was right, but it, it should, like Hermanson is just too good of a fighter overall, and he you know took the fight to the ground. He just dominated really, and you know Shabazin he has got some work to do. He um, the problem is. With being as good as Shabazian, it's a double-edged sword. Because you're just getting put in against killer after killer after killer. I mean, look at it, right? Because he starts Brad Tavares. Now, don't get me wrong. It is, that is no mean feat. Brad Tavares is a decent fighter. He's a very good fighter. And, the, and Shabazian smashed him. Like, absolutely smashed him. Problem is, from that point, you're then, you've then got the hype behind you because you were Ronda Rousey's fucking uh, judo uh, bag that she threw around. And now you're just getting killer after killer after killer and you're getting loss after loss after loss. And that is, it's a good learning experience because he's only young. He is only young. Oh, he, he could well be a champion in the future. He's got, he is, striking is fantastic. He needs to work on the ground game. I think the next fight for him should be um, Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland would be wonderful because that could be just a loser goes to one FC, couldn't it? Fantastic. Do you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, they, they both need to get a win. And I think um, arguably both of them are on the cusp to having to try out a different organisation to see how that pans out and then maybe come back to the UFC. Uh, probably better for Shabazin to do that than Holland because he's considerably younger, I think. I mean, I'm not basing that on anything other than what I think. So, yeah. Um, Font versus Garbrandt. Now, this was an interesting one because once again, old Bert, old Bert used his noggin and he said, Font is going to use his reach. He's going to pop that jab and he's going to win this fight. He's going to come in as the underdog against Cody Garbrandt. And that is exactly what happened. So sometimes they're not terrible bets. Do you know what I mean? It's, uh, I like to call them terrible bets because it's like, it's giving me a built-in excuse, isn't it? It's like, you know, it's, it's, it, I'm doing that shit thing where it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to call this bet terrible, even though I quite like it. Just so that if it doesn't pan out, you know, people can't call me stupid. People call me stupid anyway, who cares? But either way. 
Yeah, uh, Rob Font looked fantastic. Do you know what I mean? He stuck behind that jab. He used his reach. He, ju he just looked better in every area, really. And, uh, you know, that that sucks for Garbrandt because Garbrandt, you know, he was at the tippy top. You know, he beat Dominic Cruz. He was the champion. And since then, he's you know, he lost twice to Dillashaw and then he bounced back against the Sansal, but now he's lost this one. This isn't the end of the road for Garbrandt. Garbrandt is a star, man. He is a star. He's got, he's got the whole package. He... At the end of the day, he will he will come back from this better, and it's not. I'm not taking it. Like at the end of the day, it wasn't that Garbrandt looked bad. It's just that Rob Font just looked so good. What's this for Rob Font? It's a tricky division. This I'll tell you why. It's because because PT because uh, uh, Sterling's obviously had surgery, so he's out for a bit. Peter Yan is going to be waiting for Sterling to get back because he feels he's owed that title match, and rightly so because he won. He, he only lost his belt on a technicality. Um, who else is there really? You've got. You know, Sanhagen versus TJ Dillashaw, that's coming up. You could, he, he, Font could very well take on the loser of that matchup because the winner would surely go on to either fight Peter Yan or Sterling, you would have thought. Uh, possibly Frankie Edgar. Edgar would be a good fight. I don't think that uh, Font has fought Edgar yet. And Edgar's still a big name in the sport, and I think he's only one rank behind Rob Font. And, yeah, that's, at the end of the day, that could be that could be a pretty decent fight, to be fair. Yeah, for me, for me, Frankie Edgar, Frankie Edgar all day. That's a that would be a decent fight, and it's, it's it might be a step back in the rankings, but it's still a step up in names. Does that make sense? Yeah, not really. But either way, those were all the fights. They were really good, actually. The main event was really good. And like I said, go back and watch Justin Taffer against uh, Jared Vandara. If you didn't see it already, it's a, it's a really good fight. And uh, yeah, so, right, we'll have a look at the news. So we've got Paul Felder retiring. Paul Felder announces retirement on that card. And uh, you know what? Fair play to him. Good for him. He is a great commentator. Now, he's possibly a better commentator than fighter. Now, I say that. I don't say that kind of roasting him either. Like, I'm not saying he was a bad fighter. He wasn't. Far from it. He was, up what, Number top six in the world? That's crazy. That is crazy good. But whilst he was top six in the world in fighting, he is easily top two or three in commentating. So that I say that, like, like I said, I'm not even saying that kind of like, oh, you're a better commentator than fighter. No, no. What I'm saying is, unbelievably, you're an even better commentator than you were a fighter. And you were a phenomenal fighter. So, Jane. Good for you, man. That's fucking awesome because I have so much time for Paul Felder on that commentary desk. He is fucking awesome. I I'm sorry this is turning into a Paul Felder love fest. Uh, I'm, I'm not even sorry. Sorry, not sorry. But yeah, no, good for Paul Felder, man. Like, he, he deserves it thoroughly. He's, got, he's gotten out. He seems like he's got everything fairly intact. He lost a part of his lung. But you don't need two full lungs unless you're running triathlons and shit which is actually what he plans on doing so yeah i mean best of luck in the triathlons with one and a half lungs is there any chance there's like a like a one and a half lung like event you could enter that that would be better wouldn't it i mean it kind of feels like the rest of them the rest of these two-lunged motherfuckers have a little bit of an unfair advantage over the dragon the irish dragon tell you what paul you fucking, I think you should, they, they should give you like, you know, some sort of like, it seems like they've got an advantage, you know? Maybe you could like shoot them in the chest with a starter pistol or something. I don't know. I don't know if that's what they do. They might. But yeah, so I, I you know, at the end of the day, I'm glad for him because he's an excellent commentator and a brilliant analyst and I love seeing him like on that desk. You know, I really, I'm going to miss seeing him fight because he's an exciting fighter. He had so many fantastic fights. He, he always came, like stepped into the, into the octagon, prepared, put on exciting fights, some great main events. You know, the octagon will be, will miss him for sure, but 
not too much because he's going to be right there on the desk and he's only going to get more and more involved on that side. And yeah, I can't wait to see how his commentary evolves even further and uh, yeah, everything like that. So anyway, enough of the love fest for Paul Felder. I'll move on to the next bit now. But yeah, just uh, best of luck to him. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so... This is uh, some boxing news because I do cover other uh, bits of combat sports as well. Uh, so if you don't know by now, you, you must know. Uh, Fury versus AJ is off and Wilder is back on because a US arbitrator, so yeah, shock, a US court found in favour of Deontay Wilder. Oh, oh, what a fucking surprise. Look, at the end of the day... Deontay was given an opportunity to sign that fucking contract, to have that rematch, right? And he declined. Do you know what I mean? So, so at the end of the day, now, as soon as there was another fight made, now he wants to fucking throw a spanner in the works. And he's fucked up, like, possibly, possibly the biggest boxing match of the last fucking 20 years or whatever. Because, like, uh, Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury, that is the boxing match to make. It is. It's not Wilder versus Fury 3. Like, at the end of the day, they didn't make money on the second one. Join. They didn't make money on the rematch because they overpaid their fighters. This is another thing that gets me as well. It's like, tell me more about how the UFC pay so shit and how they need to focus more on the boxing model. Nobody made money on Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury 2. Like, um, they had, uh, I can't remember what his name is, Anthony something. It, I do apologize, but either way, he was on the Believe You Me podcast. Go and check that out. It's, hella, it's brilliant. But uh, he was talking about how Nobody in that uh, on that event made money except for Deontay and um, and Fury because they were, they were grossly overpaid, and uh, and that's what happens in boxing. So tell me more about how how great the boxing model is. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's all it's all fucking run by gambling syndicates and shit. Anyway, I don't know how they make money, but none of it's the it's all fucking corrupt. But anyway, the UFC have made a sustainable model, and that's why I leave it. But either way, from a fan perspective, it's kind of pointless, isn't it? Fury versus Wilder three, because at the end of the day, the first fight, okay, it was a draw, but what? How, I don't really see how it was. I, I don't. I was surprised when they called it a draw because it was like basically Fury outboxed him for the entire fight, and then in round ten, what he got like a knockdown. And then he got another one in like round 12. So, like, arguably, he maybe won like two rounds out of the out of the whole fight. So I understand how that's a draw. He might have got a knockdown, but Fury got up. So how is that scored? I don't don't get that. And then the second fight was not close. It wasn't even fucking competitive. And I don't see the third fight being competitive, which is why Tyson Fury is, is just said, okay, then fine, I'll smash you, and then I'll smash Anthony Joshua, I'll just quickly smash... But, but that's a dangerous thing, isn't it? Because if he's just going to be looking past Deontay Wilder, maybe Deontay, maybe Deontay's made the right improvements. God damn, am I talking myself into this fight? I'm talking myself into being excited for this fight. Maybe it's not pointless after all. Oh, fuck it, it's heavyweight boxing. Of course I'm going to tune in. Of course I'll tune in. You know what I mean? Maybe... Deontay has made the right changes, made the right adjustments, but probably not. That would be my assessment. That is my dumbed down layman assessment of Fury versus Deontay Wilder 3. But yeah, uh, gutted that it's not going to be Anthony Joshua versus Fury in Abu Dhabi. I was looking forward to that one. But uh, yeah, in other boxing news, we have got Tyrone Woodley stepping up to take on Jake Paul in boxing. And I'll tell you what... Um, at a certain point, you've got to start kind of respecting Jake Paul, haven't you? I mean, at the end of the day, right, 
all boxers pad their records. Luis Gomez, because uh, like, I, I thought this you know, beforehand, and and Luis Gomez on on the Believe You Me podcast, like said it, he put it really, he, he said it best, you know, but Lewis said it best, uh, when he was, uh, talking about, you know, all boxers pad their records, because I thought, because people were talking about, oh, but you know, Jake Paul's just fighting bums, it's like, yeah, but all boxers fight bums at the start of their career, don't they? All of them, they're all fucking bums, and all he's doing is just making money off, though, what, what's he supposed to do, like, fighting smoker fights, like, whatever, you know, at the end of the day, he's learning on the job, he's calling out the right people, because they're going to be at his skill level, and his skills are going to go up and up and up, and you know what, if he really, if he trains hard enough, like, he can start doing some things, and, and you know, I think Tyrone Woodley flatlines him, because people keep saying, oh, well, you know, Jake Paul just keeps on picking on, like, smaller guys, so, okay, Woodley was a welterweight, but come on, the dude walks around about 200, he must do, look at the size of his legs, he's got 200 pounds in his legs alone, so, yeah, I, I just think that, look, Tyrone Woodley, he's good, he was known for knocking people flat, his time is good, his footwork's good, I think that this is where Jake Paul gets exposed, I, I think that, that Tyrone Woodley's going to hit him, he's going to hit him hard, I don't think that Jake Paul's going to like it, but either way, respect to Jake Paul for actually fighting somebody who is actually dangerous this time, and respect to Tyrone Woodley for going out there and making a big payday now that he's parted ways with, with the UFC. I said a couple of weeks ago that that's the fight to make, it is the fight to make, it, there is, it makes sense for everybody, and uh, yeah, you know what, it's interesting enough that it's like, okay, you know, maybe Jake Paul is better than we think, and he makes Woodley look bad. What if he dances around him? But I don't think that I don't think that Woodley loses that fight unless he's paid to take a dive. Which, after watching the first like Triller event, I would say is not completely outside the realms of possibility, is it? Uh, there's a lot of shady shit going on over there. But let's move on to Troll of the Week. What I like to do is just round up some of the funniest memes that I've seen this week. And uh, yeah, this week's really good. So this one, we've got basically, it's uh, yeah, it's Jake Paul and Tyrone Woodley have agreed to a boxing match. And you've got, uh, I think it's like um, Damon Wayne or... Um, one of the Wayans brothers, I get them all mixed up, but uh, it's uh, through the film White Chicks, and he's just got like, yeah, he's supposed to be Jake Paul on the left, and you've got Robert Downey Jr., who was uh, in Tropic Thunder, who was blacked up on the right, so you've got, yes, yeah, and they yeah, made that as like a mock-up poster, really, it's, I don't know, it made me laugh, it's just anything with that, that involves kind of uh, Tropic, Tropic Thunder and White Chicks, I laugh, so yeah, then we have got Tyrone Woodley versus versus Jake Paul. It's another Tyrone Woodley versus Jake Paul one, right? So it's uh, literally Jake Paul versus Tyrone Woodley. The loser stops rapping. The winner also stops rapping. <laughs> because let's face it, both their rapping, I mean, their rapping's better than mine, but fucking hell, it's pretty awful. Woo, yeah. It's, uh, it's some fucking awful, awful shit right there. Yeah, it's good. It's good memeage. Loving that. So, um, yeah, then you've got this one. That, oh, this one cracked me up. You've got Dana White. They, they photoshopped, like, I don't know, Dana White's face onto someone with, like, long hair and glasses. And it just says, this dude walks into your local bar and starts asking you if you have any illegal UFC, UFC streaming links, what would you do? And it's just like, yeah, shit. You know, it's like Dana White's fucking going in disguise into bars trying to fucking catch people. And then... Got the last one. This one really cracked me up because it's from Muhammad Ali's Twitter account, right? And uh, yeah, fucking, this is courtesy of uh, the sports. 
rag, I think. I can't even see what I said. But either way, yeah, it's a, yeah, the sport rag. And um, yeah, so Deontay Wilder's new trainer's come out and he's uh, and he said Muhammad Ali is one of my greatest fighters of all time. He was very magical. He he was very, he said very was magical, but he, I assume he meant to say he was very magical in the ring. But it was the things he did outside of the ring that truly got my attention. Deontay Wilder is the closest thing to that in this time. And Muhammad Ali comments on it, says, Hey, Malik King Scott, I rose from the dead just to tell you that I that to never compare me to that flamingo-legged bum ever again. And that wasn't a very good... I mean, I wasn't even trying to do a Muhammad Ali impression. That sounded more like Apollo Creed. It's like, Hey, Malik King Scott, I rose from the dead just to tell you, you, to never compare me to that lucky club fighter. And that's all he was, lucky, that flamingo-legged motherfucker ever, ever again. Sorry, that, that, that's me ad-libbing. But yeah, either way, fucking hilarious. That, is, yeah, that cracked me up. But yeah, that is literally all I have time for. So... Uh, I'm going to be looking at uh, the event coming up this weekend. It's going to be on Friday. It's uh, Rosenstreich versus Augusto Sakai, the big old heavyweights. Let's see if Biggie Boy can be get back into the win column. And uh, yeah, so uh, like I said, all my social media stuff is all up here. If you want to send me like no any, any trolls of the week that you think are funny, that you think of uh, uh, that, that you think are worth putting on, if you just come and support me on my Patreon, there is a link in the banner or you can go to the address that's on all the clips that i put onto youtube anyway but uh yeah these these videos are like you know they're, they're up for a week on patreon before they drop onto youtube and the the fight predictions are exclusively on uh patreon on the friday until the, and then they drop onto youtube on the saturday so uh yeah like i said until next time keep those odds long and those bets terrible